You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Just Clark Barnes, how are you? Pete, I am freezing my tiddly bits off. Oh, Austin. baby, the tiddly bits are ice. Austin is experiencing a winter storm, the likes of which have never been seen this far south. It is freezing outside, literally freezing, and has been for like two days. So it's been very nice to work from home, but I'm about ready for this nonsense to be over. Oh, man, welcome to our world up here in Boston where it's cold. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do I can't, it. I can't really complain. I was in California this weekend, uh, so I got to lay on the beach and get my bronze on for uh, for two days, three days, really. Um, but uh, but coming back into the cold Boston frozen tundra was less than ideal. Yeah, that's why a 400-square-foot apartment in San Diego costs $14,000 <laughs> a month. That is true. That is very true. Um, we have a excellent show. Uh, for you, as always, we'll be previewing the conference championships and with a special guest uh, who we will uh, welcome onto the show later uh, to talk about uh, his and ours Vikings and um, Vikings, the uh, official playoff pick of the uh, RB1 podcast made it in stunning fashion. No thanks to Clark's uh, support. Hey, team of RB1 podcast. Go Vikings. Go Vikings. Um, So we'll be talking about that, of course. uh, But to start, we will cover the NFL with obviously some coaching news uh, and get Clark up to date because Clark doesn't check the internet. Uh, And then we will look over our beer bets and as such recap the divisional round. Um, A small part of me was thinking, and this is just as quickly going off base, that I know we're a fantasy, we're, we're the colon a fantasy football podcast. I feel like we should put an asterisk there now and be like RB1 colon a fantasy football podcast asterisk fantasy, uh, just really football right now because there's no fantasy. Do you feel like that's too long of a name or that is it's just the right length? I don't want to take anything off of the table, but I feel like we might workshop that. Okay. A little okay. bit. I just thought I just thought that that was a good a good length. You know, I I've always heard that like the longer the title, the better. Um, so that was just yeah, something I thought. It's search engine optimization one hundred and one. The longer and more complicated the title, the better. Exactly. You're bound to get some keywords matched up in there. Uh, so let's uh, let's tackle the news <laughs> and uh, to start, Clark. Oh my god! What is that noise? Could this? Is this? Is this Peter Rogers' success? Oh, I believe it is! Oh, yeah. That's right, everybody. Because guess what? Oh, 
Michael Larkin got fired! Um, we'll call it both Peter Rogers' success, but really it's the podcast success. I feel like this firing was brought on because of us. Do you agree, Clark? I do. And I think that this, for all of the people out there who make bets and lose frequently, like myself, this is a great opportunity for you to take solace in saying, doing the right thing and losing, unless a lot of money is on the line, is better. Pete made a bet that Mike Malarkey would get fired. He got a little excited and said that he would get fired after this game. I did. Uh, against the Titans. Titans, miraculous victory. But I knew winning against the Chiefs by one point in one playoff game was not going to forestall the inevitable, which was coming for the Titans. So I gave Pete an out, and Pete was right. So justice was served, and Pete is now up one more fine Austin, likely IPA. Nice, good man. Um, I, I mean, I just want to take this. I want to take this moment before to before accepting the award uh, to thank you, Clark, for allowing the extra week uh, for this truly to matriculate and and for this to ripen into a glorious, glorious win. Uh, I am ecstatic right now. I can't, I can't be- begin to describe how happy I am, both for getting this beer bet correctly, but because this has literally been the story plot line that we have been talking on this podcast about for. I don't know, since inception? Am I wrong in saying that? Yeah, and at least started very early in my tenure. And uh, just to be clear, we are not celebrating a man losing his job. We are celebrating... I literally have that that written in my notes. I have never wanted to celebrate someone losing their job. Clark, you've rubbed off on me in in a very positive way. Good, if I could spread a little cheer. I feel like that's great. Uh, He'll be, he'll be fine, likely, not to diminish his life. But what we're really excited for, and I feel like I can speak for the pod, is we're really excited to see what Marcus Mariota will do with what we expect hey, will be at least an innovative offensive mind. We've kind of been waiting for this since Mariota came out. And so over the next couple of years, we will see, uh, was Mariota being held back by the wet blanket that was the exotic Smash Mouth, or... Is Mariota just not that good? And we'll finally get to see over the, again. I'm giving him a couple of years still. We'll finally get to see which one it is. Um, this is this is called a beautiful segue because I'm going to perfectly tie together two points in a row. Um, coaching, we've we have long on this podcast connected Josh McDaniels, the offensive coordinator of the Patriots, uh, to uh, Tennessee to the Titans. If the Titans fire Mark, Mike Malarkey, however. It's sounding more and more like the Colts are expecting Josh McDaniels to go and be their new head coach, uh, replace Chuck Pagano. But Clark, which team would you prefer to be the head coach of? Would you rather go into Tennessee uh, and be coaching that team with that offensive talent or heading into Indy and being being the next in the long line of, uh, of head coaches there? I think hands down. I don't understand any arguments to the contrary. You want to go to the Titans. Yes. Okay, good. You started amazing... off you started off like that and I was like, "Oh yeah. man, if he says the Colts, I'm going to we're going to throw fists here." So, uh both teams have what we project to be good quarterbacks for the next 5, 6, 7, 10 years. Uh I think Andrew Luck has ab- absolutely sh- showed us more, but when you can go to a team with a quarterback and an offensive line and hopefully some wide receiver talent in the awnings, we got to see Corey Davis get into the end zone finally. You you absolutely go for that team. T- the Tennessee defense is not great, but it's not an absolute dumpster fire. 
Like it has you. You've got talent on the defensive line. You've got some young linebackers. You have two young corners. You got Logan Ryan and um, and I'm spacing on their other guy, but he was also good. Uh, and you have the and you have the young safety who's very good too. And if I was good yeah. at my job and knew all well, this stuff, I mean, you know, uh, I can put it simply: you don't always have to know things. You just have to learn how to rephrase your sentence. <laughs> the Colts have T.Y. Hilton and Andrew Luck, and that's which it. is great. That is a great right. start. But Great if start. you can have Marcus Mariota, Delaney Walker, a solid offensive line, a Derek good back, decent set, you know, decent secondary, uh, you take all of the weapons and then hope that you, as an offensive-minded coach, can lift Mariota up to the level of the Andrew Luck. So yeah, just totally Tennessee, agree. no doubt. I totally agree with that. Um, I would be. I mean, it sounds like the Colts are expecting Josh McDaniels to head there. Nothing is written in stone yet, so. Minds could change. I did read uh, the Colts expected Andrew Luck to play this year too, so I don't really care what the Colts think. Hey, well said. Uh, I did read something saying that that Josh McDaniels was leaning towards the Titans gig uh, just because of Luck's injury history. So uh, let's let's hope that if if Josh McDaniels truly goes and coaches the Tennessee Titans, um, we are going to pretty much have like a ten to fifteen minute dance party in the next episode because. We've been predicting that since maybe three or four months ago. So big old pat on the back for us there. Yeah, and with the coaching shakeups uh, in the AFC South and with the Jaguars who I've bet against all year, teaser for later in the pod that may change, uh, mm-hmm. this division could not be awful. Yeah, for the next three it could be exciting. Years. Yeah. Yeah, who, who knows? Who knows what we could have there? Um, let's I mean, move McDaniels, I'm uh, oh, sorry, one more. Uh, oh, yeah. Ma- McDaniels is the guy who spent a first round draft pick on Tim Tebow because he wanted a mobile running quarterback. He's actually getting, I think what he wanted and Marcus yeah. Mariota, which is a mobile quarterback who can pass the ball. Well, so right. really, really, really Wait. exciting either way. I mean, either Wait, way, this is, is good are you giving, a, are you, are you giving, are you putting out a flaming hot take there that Tim Tebow could not successfully pass the football? I feel like kicking a dog while it's down is not worth Tim it. Tim Tebow so is never down. That man, yeah. that man can get a job whenever he wants, which is shocking to me because on a talent level, uh, he is not. Well, I mean, so this is a we like to talk about jobs a lot on this podcast, and by we, I mean I. Uh, Tim Tebow proves that like being a nice person can get you a job. So just don't be a jerk, guys. You don't always have to be the best. But if you're just nice and everyone gets along with you, and Sally from accounting thinks you'd be great, then. Yeah, you might get the next gig too. There you go. You heard it here first, people. Be nice to your accountants. Uh, let's move on to the coaching news. Pat Shermer, uh, the offensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> Those Minnesota Vikings who just uh, pulled off the Minnesota miracle uh, is likely to be the next head coach for the New York Giants. Uh, given what he has done with the with Case Keenum, with Sam Bradford, with the quarterbacks that the Vikings have gone through, and and the losses. I mean, you forget it's a it's crazy to me that I forget this. You forget that um they had the best running back through four weeks on their team in Dalvin Cook before he tore his ACL. So like, imagine this offense that they had Dalvin Cook back there. Anyways, um, I think this is a great hire for the Giants. I think you're getting clearly someone who knows how to build an offense and can weather whatever storm gets thrown at him. Uh, and he's clearly plenty of talent offensively uh, in New York. So, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. It's interesting because 
of all of the things that the Vikings have overcome this year, you wonder if that's because the team is resilient. Is that coming from the head coach or is it because the offensive coordinator is adaptable enough and smart enough to take what he has and turn it into a real offense? One of my pet peeves with uh, coaches coming into a system is all the talk about like, well, it's going to take him a little while to get his guys in there. Like, uh, no, man, you, you can't make this much money and say like, well, I don't have the right guys in there. That's why I love Wade Phillips so much. Like Wade Phillips has a system, but he adapts his defense to the guys that he has. And I think that this year that Pat Shermer is at least either shown or gotten lucky showing that through injury, he can take guys that have some talent and make them really spectacular. Uh, I've always thought Case Keenum was fine. I never thought he was this good. And then Latavius Murray, we all hated him in Oakland, even though he was getting us 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns all the time people are so fickle cannot understate the job that he's done with this offense this year and this is a major part of why the vikings are good so it'll be interesting to see what happens with him what you said and then we'll move on to the next book but what you said was is perfectly in the sense that pat Shermer constructed the offense vikings offense around the talent that he had and when that changed he changed his his game plan this is one of the things that we on this podcast have discussed a lot about uh when it involving the green bay packers in seemingly a lack of doing that yeah and we might want to talk with eric about this but i feel like i saw a significant change from sam bradford throw it short get out of his hands hit those crossing routes uh which was his game to case keenum like we're gonna take some shots deep because that's just where case keenum excels like he's not going to give you a great percentage but he is a chucker he's done it since he played at u of h and i really feel like we saw the offense change again with the loss of dalvin cook like remember how excited we all remember how good dalvin cook was and how they you know they lost something but they didn't like go into the tank again like the packers you mentioned now obviously aaron Rodgers is much better than everyone we're talking about here and you, they paid him that way and i understand that salary cap matters but interesting Th- this is why the rb1 fantasy football podcast can go off season because the the fantasy football there's season so never stops about. yeah yeah there's always stuff to talk about um final head coaching news we have oh the patriots are just getting picked apart uh, Matt Patricia, I don't know if this is official, but I've definitely seen a lot of people seem to think that Matt Patricia will be uh, the head coach of the Detroit Lions, which fills me with so much joy. And in fact, if even if Josh McDaniels goes to the Tennessee Titans, uh, Matt Patricia on the D- Detroit Lions will make me probably happier uh, than McDaniels going to Tennessee. I love Matt Patricia, and I think that going to a team like Detroit, where we and we we talked about this uh, during the initial coaching discussions where I was all aboard the going to Detroit because there's no expectations there. And Clark pointed out that really every team except for two teams in the NFL have no expectations. And that's the Bengals and the Browns um, because somehow Marvin Lewis still has a job. Uh, I I just think it's a perfect fit. I think Detroit needs what they need is they need a defensive minded guy to come in there and really build that defense. They have talent there. They just need to like create a scheme that works for everyone. Uh, That offense is, plenty potent enough so that's not something that you really need to worry about i would love a running game um so there you go that's what i I have to say so i have a tendency to hold on to guys and hold on to feelings that i had for way too long having said that i still feel like amir abdul is good he's still still got the tickling i i don't think he's 
ever going to lead the league in rushing, but I feel like he's very talented. And if you look at any of the guys running in that Detroit offense, I mean, no one really did anything. Uh, They ran for sport, like to kind (laughs) of keep people honest. But just to be like, let's occasionally throw it in. We might as well. So I think Amir Abdullah is a fantastic kind of 1A to another big backs one overall status. So it'll be interesting to see if they can get a a good offensive coordinator. I keep not saying young because it doesn't matter if the person's young. They just need someone that's innovative because Bruce Arians wasn't young when he took over for the Colts and they just absolutely lit it up. So there's there's guys out there that are old that are just amazing. even though Matt Patricia is a defensive coordinator, you can't help but think that he's, I mean, he spent mo- all of his time in New England where New England knows how to utilize their running backs, especially in the passing game. So, I mean, you know, who knows how much say he would have over the offense, but some of that's got to rub off onto him. And, you know, you might be able to uh, see someone like Theo Riddick or Amir Abdullah have a little more. I mean, Theo Riddick used to have a huge role in the passing game in Detroit and maybe Amir Abdullah starts uh, to have one too. Yeah. And, if he's going to be the head coach, he's going to have a lot of say into the offense. But you, the way I would kind of look at it is if your team is struggling in one department, the CEO that you bring in should be very good in that department. And then hopefully they'll be smart enough to bring other people in to help where they're weak. Uh, you don't have to do everything. Uh, Detroit's defense is really bad. So getting a defensive-minded head coach in there who's willing to let an offensive guy come in and kind of co-manage the team with him and then hope that the New England brand or style has rubbed off on him and he can bring that into the building, that's a good plan. Yeah, you can't argue against it. You can't. Um, Excellent. Well, there you go. There's your coaching updates uh, for the week, I guess. Um, Bill O'Brien. Stays employed. Oh, Bill O'Brien's back in Houston. Sorry, Clark. Which I'm very happy about. I Good. feel like. Good. Tell us why. I feel, I, like people, a, I feel like people were kind of like more maybe getting possibly excited to see him out the door. But tell tell us why all of you in Houston should have faith. Well, that's the thing about popular opinion, Pete, is it's made it's, up by the population. So can't always be trusted or relied upon. Uh I, I think Bill O'Brien has made decent playoff teams in the worst division in football with bubblegum and duct tape. I don't think he's ever had much talent at the quarterback position, never been completely bereft of talent, but never had a great talent. And then we saw Deshaun Watson play what, like five games Jesus and remain Christ. the number seven fantasy quarterback for like four more Thanks. weeks after he got hurt. So obviously Huge props to Deshaun Watson being awesome and huge props to the uh, Houston wide receiver core because Deshaun Watson is the kind of quarterback that will trust you and that can turn you into Jake Cutler or that can turn you into Brett Favre. And it, it just depends on like how the next you know 12 years of his career goes for us to see like which one he is, which, which gunslinger he is. Yeah. So I'm very excited for Bill O'Brien to stay there. I don't feel like, he's the reason they've lost. I feel like he's won despite all of the hardships and things that the Texans have gone through. So really excited to see that. Glad that Rick Smith isn't going to be the GM, not because I feel like he did a bad job, but it just seemed to happen so amicably that he stepped away for personal reasons and he's going to remain in the organization. But then we also get someone else uh, right. because Rick Smith made a lot of, 
great decisions. I mean, all of those defensive guys that we've picked up in the second and third round, like Whitney Merciless and, and all of these linebackers that no one knew until they started playing for the Texans. They just played really, really well. We won't lose that. But also, but also, like, I feel like after you're kind of mediocre for a long time, you do need to get someone new in. Well, after you sign Brock Osweiler to a monster contract thinking that he's your savior. Yeah, that's you got to bring someone else into the building. I'm going to look past that until we get around draft time and everybody's talking about in the first and second round. And as a Texans fan, I'm over here going like, oh, this center out of Utah State's looking great. In the we going to do round. this. Oh, man, it's looking great. I'm just going to play. Uh, highlights from Deshaun Watson's early in the year play and be like, you traded your first and second round picks to get this guy. So just calm down. Just calm and it's down. okay. They should announce that just to remind all of Houston fans. They should be like, and with the 12th, with the fourth pick with the fourth pick, Pete, the fourth pick, the fourth uh, pick. Clark. Yeah. So I'm counting on Deshaun Watson being worth it because if, even as a Patriots fan, if you could say it cost you four first round picks to get Tom Brady, you'd do it. You're all right Just, with it. If you get a quarterback, it it really does not matter what you pay for them. So hopefully Deshaun Watson will come back healthy and, and lead the Texans to glory for the next six years. So all right. Before we go into the conference championship and bring on our special guest, uh, let's quickly just quickly recap. Uh, the divisional round beer best. Cheers, I'll drink to that, bro. We had what? We had one, two, three, four, five, uh, five, and I believe we are now. I'm up one, right, in the current rankings because Malarkey did get fired. So we we have some updates from last week. Uh, we had a very confusing Drew Brees bet <laughs> that right. I that I wrote down wrong. Uh, I love nothing more than working out and listening to myself on the podcast so i went back and listened and pete you also got the drew breeze bet so i've got it as you coming into this week up four to two boom all right i'm up four two uh and we had five bets this week uh so let's start with number one clark you threw out there in the eagles versus the falcons that julio jones would go over 150 yards and a touchdown um spoiler alert i have those exact numbers for a future beer bet of this week uh and no wrong didn't get me there julio was julio had 100 yards at least so i'll give you that that was that was good uh but no touchdowns had a good game but didn't have the monster game that i predicted no no one really had a good game in this game for tevin coleman where did that come from uh 10 carries like 70 yards this game uh so much fun to watch (laughs) I went out with some chums, was working on my resume, doing some work at the bar, Mm, pre-gaming. Look at that. Second game. Uh, Very, very fun game to watch. Uh, But it didn't work out how I thought it was going to. It did not pan out how you thought it would. Oh, sad. So that's another one for me. Up five to two. Let's keep this rolling. Uh, Clark, you also threw out for the next game of that day. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Continuing the streak. I bet that since the Patriots were going to kill the Titans and Mariota uh, gets put in these awful positions and then just has to bring his team back and isn't used to doing it and ends up making some bonehead plays, he was going to get three-plus turnovers. For all of you that watched the game, zero turnovers according to my stats. Big fat donut! So Pete wins 
another one, and he's 62. now up sixteen. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully now Mariota will never be put in the situation because he's going to have a competent head oh, coach. Please bring it to me, please. Please, Lord. Please, Lord, help us. Um, Clark, don't fray quite yet uh, because my beer bet that someone in, that Jacksonville, Pittsburgh would have a fight and someone would get ejected did not come true. Though there were maybe a few uh, shoving matches that uh, I won't count as a fight, but uh, I was I was just just on the wrong side of it. Uh, really, what I should have done is I should have done my, this th- should have made this week or last week the one where I bet that the Jaguars defense would score a touchdown. I mean, yeah. Tevin Smith. Here we go, Telvin Smith. Um, so no, that's a win for you, Clark. So now it's a uh, six to four. So I'll give you that. That's yeah. Uh, so on your most outrageous bet, I won. <laughs> no, uh, and no, my most outrageous bet was Jaguars winning, baby. That's true. <laughs> uh, and again, my eminent fairness. You said six to four. We're only at six to three for me. Oh my God, Clark, yeah. you. Look, I want to win, but I don't want to win this way. I want to win legit. See, this is this is the Patriots fan in me who's like, hey, man, if it's w- not in the w- rule book, you're yeah. just going to keep tacking right. it on. Keep stepping that line. Um, Yeah, so then my, my next beer bet for this game, our fourth beer bet for the, for the weekend was Jaguars winning, which did come true. So that's another beer for me, and it's a correct call. Yeah, and, and this is one that's going to make it easy for me to pay the shipping cost for the six-pack that I sent to you because I'm not going to say this is worthy of two bets because we're both adults and we knew what it was going into this, but wow, the brass balls on you to pick the Jags. And, to, I mean, like, anyone can make stupid predictions. I do it all the time. But you are right. I was right. Amazing. Which makes it less stupid in retrospect. Amazing. Not stupid uh, at all, in fact. Not stupid at all. <laughs> not stupid at all. Uh, yeah, that was that was a when the Jaguars were up 21 to 0, I was like, holy shit, this is happening. And then the Pittsburgh Steelers came back and it and it was kind of a close game. But where did 21 to 0 come from? Yeah. When they were up 21 to 0, I was still like, don't believe it. No, <laughs> so- like still no. <laughs> this is gonna be a really great game for Steelers fans, how they came back. The whole is, time I just is- kept thinking. This is what what 15 years of watching the Jaguars has taught has taught you, Clark. Yeah, but I mean, geez, kudos to the Jags. Uh, the Steelers Jags. made some absolutely amazing offensive that, plays. That one-handed catch by Antonio Brown to score the first touchdown of the game was unbelievable. That, when they and, scored, and Antonio Brown had another insane catch. When they scored, it was awesome. So that was, they got 42 points was a huge amazing. credit to the Steelers because they did not yeah. play that well. No, Antonio Brown's oh. two touchdown catches were probably the two most amazing catches I have seen in a long time, just simply because A.J. Boye had perfect coverage on both of them. Like there was literally nothing A.J. Boye could have done short of just tackling Antonio Brown on both of those ta- on both of those catches to have prevented the ca- prevented the touchdown both times. Antonio Brown just has vice-like hands. And just as soon as that ball was coming in, just was able to just squeeze it and not let it drop. Yeah, just so I have been watching the Jaguars all year, and I've been telling you the Jaguars are not this good. And if you want to watch one game to show that I have just been horribly wrong and biased against this team all year, this is the game. Yeah. Because even though the Steelers played lights out for, I'd say, three quarters of the game, it wasn't enough. Wasn't enough. 
That's those sneaky Jags, man. Sneaky Jags. Uh, and then finally, we had for the Saints versus Vikings game, Clark and I just picked winners. Uh, I picked the Vikings. Clark picked the Saints, uh, which is a delightful uh, beer for not only myself, but a beer for the whole podcast. This yeah. is an RB1 podcast win because the team of RB1 podcast is able to continue in the postseason uh, and is well on its way to a Super Bowl championship. Yeah. I was feeling really good about the 50 bucks I had on the saints uh, <laughs> plus five before this ended. But, uh, and then I, I knew that I had lost my beer and fortunately the football guides smiled on me and the Vikings took a knee instead of kicking the extra point. So I pushed my oh, actual real money bet. Yeah. Look at that. The you know, people gods in Vegas hate, were man, going the football nuts. gods take pity sometimes. Sometimes they see a broken heart, a man who owes uh seven beers, and they're like, hey, yeah. this guy, we're gonna let him, we're gonna let him keep his money. So I've got a, a kind of a running tradition that I didn't get to do this year. One of my best friends from high school, we go out to Vegas for the uh divisional rounds. There's four games, you get two games Saturday, two games Sunday. It's a wonderful time to be in Las Vegas. If you like to sports bet, this is one of the best weekends, I think, because there's so many games and because it's not as crowded as you would think. So it's interesting amazing to go out there and do it. And I just ah, oh, I feel so bad that we missed it this year because I can't imagine being at the bar at the book with everybody that's got five and a half right. and four and a half points, just losing their minds trying to figure out how this game is going to end. So I thought that was incredibly interesting on top of the game ending and fantastic ending ever. So the game was amazing. Everybody got to see an amazing finish. And then the gambling angle of like, are they going to kick this freaking extra point? Are, gonna- are you kidding me? Like what's gonna happen? <sighs> oh my god! It was amazing uh, that all of that was game. All of that game was beautiful. And the best thing about it is, is that uh, our guest this week, uh, Eric Thompson of Daily Norsemen, uh, is coming on to join us to talk uh, the conference championship and all of that good stuff. And so I'm sure we will be we'll pick his brain uh, over the Minnesota Miracle, since that might be one of the greatest things to have ever la- happened in a Vikings lifetime. Yeah, good choice on the guest, Pete. Good choice. Oh, thank you, thank you. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I try my best. Um, so yeah, so there's our beer bet. So heading into the uh, the conference championship, I am up seven to three. Correct? I've got you eight three. I got you. Oh up. my gosh! I know, Mark, Pete. If, you need to stop were, being so nice. If you were with a more dishonest, uh, <laughs> I would. I would be. I would be up seven four right now. I'd be I would like, probably. Uh, I'm up six to five. I'm keep- like, oh, okay, sure. Uh, <laughs> That's why we yeah. work so well together, Clark. I'm forgetful, and you're an honest person. I've got it at eight to three. If someone wants to Perfect. tweet us that that's wrong, we'll take it because you know tweets are good. Other yep. than that, I've got you at eight to three, and I'm already starting to narrow down what six pack I might be sending up north to you. Oh, excellent, excellent. Eight to three, heading into the uh, the conference championship. And with that, let's move on to the girth of today's episode that's the perfect word to use uh and we'll be we'll be talking conference championship previews because that's coming up we got two games this weekend and oh my goodness they're going to be so glorious um and to discuss all of this and all of the glory that has just happened in the wonderful state of minnesota uh we'd like to welcome on to the show eric thompson uh writer for the daily norseman which is sb nation's uh vikings site uh eric how are you 
I'm doing very well. It's a it's a great time to be a Vikings fan. It actually turned out our way for once. It's After years a and years, miracle it's going the other way. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um. Yes. So we and I don't know if you know this, but we on the podcast last week announced that the Vikings were our official pick, uh, for the Super Bowl. Um. So we are fully in behind the Vikings, even though I am a Patriots fan. Clark's a Texans fan, so we don't care about him. Um. <laughs> But I'm a Patriots fan, but as as spoiled as it sounds, I have seen so many championships. Uh, and I went to school in Minnesota, so I would love to to witness the Vikings be able to pull off a Super Bowl win at home. It would be pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, that's all I ask for. The Patriots have five. Let's let's just get one. That's all. Let's I just, yeah, we've got plenty. Yeah, um, and I think the world is rooting along with you. So as Pete mentioned, I'm a Texans fan, so I know what it's like to have your heart broken, meaning I'm an Oilers fan, I'm a Rockets fan. I'm an Astros fan, so I think for the rest of the playoffs, there will be people rooting for the Patriots who live in New England and everyone else rooting for the Vikings. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, all three teams, actually. The Jaguars, the Eagles, and the – I mean, that's three – it's three teams that have never won at all, and then the team that hasn't – it seems like they haven't lost. This hasn't stopped winning. Yeah. No one likes the Jaguars. No <laughs> As the AFC South correspondent here, Clark can uh, officially state. No one likes the Jaguars. Uh, before we actually get into the previewing, though, we'll start with the Vikings-Eagles, even though it's the second game on the agenda. But, uh, I mean, of course, there's just so much more to talk about this game. But before we delve into the whole preview, uh, Eric, I have to ask, uh, uh, of, of the most important moments of your life, where does the Minnesota miracle fall? <laughs> well, I, I suppose I have to do the obligatory things. I am married and I have children, so those two have to go first. But no, I guess. Uh, um, it was huge as far as sports moments go. I mean, the, as as a Minnesota fan, I think the biggest one still is probably that Game Six of the World Series in '91 against the Braves with uh, Kirby Puckett's catch and then the walk off home run that set up Game Seven. Fair, good choice. This has the potential though to surpass that. If the Vikings can go and finish this off, I really think that might be just because the Viking. I mean, the the Twins are big, the, the Wild are big because it's always you know the state of hockey in Minnesota, and the Timberwolves are actually good for once and are so good yeah, they're actually catching on but this is still very much a vikings uh state and city if they could finally win it all after winning in such miraculous fashion on sunday i think that might surpass it as the biggest sports moment in the history of the state it was it i didn't get to see the game live but i did watch basically every single angle that was published of that play <laughs> Um, it was amazing. It was amazing to watch the sideline camera. And if you haven't seen this, you should go find it. I believe the tw uh, Vikings Twitter account has it pinned to the top yep. of their timeline. You should see that because I don't think I've ever heard more noise being projected across speakers than when Diggs doesn't get tackled and he turns up down the sideline to, to run in for a touchdown. It gets so loud in there that I am positively terrified that it will completely collapse under sheer volume uh if the vikings win the super bowl in there yeah i mean it was absolutely it was like a jet engine had gone up right next to the camera that's how loud it was it was insane it's insane and you could hear the build-up too because like oh, oh he caught it and you know that was a, another level of noise and then when he turned and ran and the crowd saw that there was no one in front of him that it was absolutely the, the loudest thing I mean, they were they were saying it was going over 100 decibels in the first quarter. That must have been closer to 200. That's an, it was insane. It was a beautiful thing to witness. Yeah, in a wing bar in Austin, Texas, which is normally rife with Saints fans, people were just 
uncontrollably yelling because we had no idea what to do other than ah! <laughs> just scream at the top of your lungs. It was great. It was it was a fantastic. That's the, that's the only appropriate reaction for that moment. Um, excellent. Well, so let's get into previewing previewing uh, this weekend's game. So uh, I wrote over on FakeTeams.com. I did my usual preview of the. Uh, playoff games and i did what each each one of these teams the one thing that each one of these teams needs to do in order to win um so i'll start with you eric what do you think what do the vikings need to do in order to beat the eagles in philly well i think they have to do a lot of the things they did in the first half last sunday and not a lot of they did in the second half again i think even what though the they did you know blow a 17 point halftime lead and it was actually more like late into the third quarter is when the saints finally scored I don't think the Eagles have that kind of offensive firepower with uh, Nick Foles, but they don't. Uh, the Eagles' defense is significantly better, just from top to bottom. I think than the Saints. The Saints were really dependent on turnovers and sacks. They were a much improved unit. Of course, it wasn't. There were weren't many places to go but up for that defense. But I think <laughs> that the the defense of the Vikings are going to be facing, especially on the road, on grass, in a very hostile environment. It's going to be a lot tougher for them to score points. I think uh, uh, jumping out to a seventeen nothing lead, I think seventeen points by either team might be enough to win this game. I think they're going to be really at a premium. Um, I think they're going to have to avoid the big mistakes because that's kind of how New Orleans got back into the game. They had the block punt, they had the really ill-advised interception that Case Keenum uh, threw, and of course, as good as Keenum has played all season, he's had a couple of those. There was the Washington game where he let the the Redskins back in with a couple bad interceptions, but he's all, you know, he kind of trusts his guys to go up and make plays as well. So if they can avoid the big mistake and continue their, their third or third down dominance, both on offense and defense, they were historically great on defense on third down. And even all the craziness last week, the saints were still only two of nine. They ended up on third down. So their defense, they, they're good at getting teams off the field. They're good at converting third downs. If they can basically just kind of stay out of their way and play their game, I think they have a really good chance to win in Philadelphia. I totally agree with you. And that was, I think that the, if the Vikings are able to get a lead quickly, come out of the yeah. gates hot, this game will just be over. I, you had said this already, but the Philly, this Philadelphia offense, ever since Carson Wentz went down, it's not built to to come back, right? It's built to get a lead. The only reason they won in Atlanta was because that uh, against Atlanta was the most that they were down was four points. Yeah. And so they were able to kick their way back into that game. Uh, since in the last three games, I think this, I think the Phillies offense is 30th in the league in both yards and points scored, and they've only converted 42% of their third down. So I, like if, if the Vikings can come out, you said 17 could win this. If the Vikings get out to a 14 point lead, it's 14 zero and, you know, three minutes left in the second quarter. I think that's that all about wraps this up, especially if both defenses are playing as well as they normally do. Yeah. And I think conversely, I think with, if, if I think if both teams, if it's a 10 or 14 point lead, it's going to be very difficult for the other team to come back because the, with the way that the Eagles defense is built, if they can pin their ears back and just rush the passer and not have to worry as much about the run. That's going to be really difficult for the Vikings offense was again, a, uh, a much improved unit, especially the offensive line. They, they're, uh, but they're, they're still not uh, 100% uh, just out, uh, outstanding team. So it's going to be uh, a really interesting battle. And, yeah, if either team can jump out to the lead, I think that could make a difference. Yeah, I think the Eagles had a good chance because we've seen the Falcons struggle down the stretch, and I wasn't a huge fan of them. So 
even though it was surprising to see them lose to the Eagles, I could talk myself into being not especially surprised about it. Uh, right. But I do think that the Vikings have too much on offense and their defense is very stout uh, with Nick Foles back there. I, I agree with you or I don't know if I'm putting words in your mouth, that this is going to be a lower <laughs> scoring game, yeah. but I, I do think the Eagles are going to edge it out or uh, I do think the Vikings are going to edge this one out. Good, Clark, because you were all you were all on the Saints bandwagon last week, and then we were like, "Well, uh, the Vikings, you know, maybe if they win, I'll be happy." And now you almost picked the Eagles. You son of a bitch. We'll get to the beer bets later, but I said that the team that won the Saints and the Vikings game was going to win the Super Bowl. So fair, sorry, Minnesota, I'm very bad. <laughs> sorry, sorry I called that you were going to be the Super Bowl winners. My bad. And I, um, I, yeah, I, and I wrote in my preview for the the Saints and Vikings game that I thought this was. That was kind of the de facto NFC championship. I'll never count the Patriots yeah. out this season. They are the Patriots, but I really thought those are probably the best two teams left in the NFC. But of course, going to uh, Philadelphia now, that team has a little more confidence. I think now that they have about a month of having Nick Foles uh, under center, they've adjusted their offense because you can't really have two more different passers just with what Carson Wentz could do with his improvisation and his legs compared to Nick Foles. I think the offensive uh, staff there has got has done a much better job these last couple of games now of kind of getting. Um, they, they, you could tell over those that bye week they really planned around Nick Foles, made it a lot easier for him. And he, and to his credit, he went out and executed. It's not like he was bombing the ball down the field, but he was accurate enough, and he moved the the chains enough. They had three drives, I think, of all players or more that game. So if they can do that, um, I don't anticipate them doing that as much against the Vikings because again, they're so good on third down. But that could be a recipe for success again. If they can hold on to the ball, grind out a few drives, and be successful in the few times that they do get down in the red zone, that is the yeah. recipe for success for them. Uh, Eric, what's your confidence level heading into Sunday on a scale of Brock Eisweiler's ability to hit open targets uh, to Jalen Ramsey guaranteeing a Super Bowl victory? Um, I, I'm i still a Vikings fan. I mean, that was amazing that the, the game on Sunday, I would still call it cautious optimism. I think that you, you know, think, something awful is coming down the pipeline, right? The other shoe is always dropping until it actually doesn't. But I mean, we've been kind of waiting for that all season, especially when you lose Delvin cook or overall rookie running back. And, uh, Sam Bradford plays what all of, I think five quarters for you, five and a half quarters. But they have basically the third choice at quarterback and, uh, you know, just kind of a mismatch of running backs, having with Davies Burns, Derek McKinnon and having, all five starting positions on the offensive line be new this year. Like if they're all different players that are playing different positions, it's just kind of, we've kind of been waiting for it all year. And outside of that one Carolina game, um, and it seemed and seemingly until the end of that Saints game, it really just hasn't happened. Yeah. No, we were just talking on the opening of the podcast. We were just talking about how everyone kind of spaces that Dalvin cook is sitting on this roster that through the first, what, like, Four weeks, I think, of the season, he was the best running back in football. He was leading the league in rushing yards, uh, and then he tears his ACL and is out for the season. I mean, imagine this offense if they had that kind of talent still in the backfield. Yeah, and I think you guys will be talking about him uh, quite often on on the pick teams. Uh, yeah, so. well, we certainly hope so. Yeah. I think he's going to be no doubt that end of the first round flyer that a lot of people are really excited about, and a lot of people say you're just throwing away your draft pick. It'll be one of those running backs, and I'll take my chances on him. He looks pretty good. Yeah, I mean, just from what um, we saw in, in training camp and over those first four games, I mean, he is the real deal. So if he comes back all the way healthy and 
by all accounts, it sounds like, you know, of course, it's cliche at this point, but it sounds like he's a little ahead of schedule already. I think he should be ready by week one. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, it's amazing what uh, science and technology and advancements in both of those fields have done to the ACL injury, considering that like 10 years ago, that was basically a career render. And now it's like, oh, you tore your ACL. Hey, that's fine. Join the long line of guys who've done it multiple times. So you're totally fine. Right. Um, but, you know, well, obviously, obviously, Dalvin, we hope you the best in your speediest recovery. Uh, if you want to come on to the podcast, uh, please do and talk about the whole process of tearing your ACL. I tore my MCL, Dalvin. We can bond over that. Uh, Eric, we like to do this thing on the show where we bet beers to each other. Um, and we each have a couple of uh, hot, steamy takes, maybe, or just some wild claims that we'd like to make about each of these games. Uh, and if you tr- decide that the claim that we are making is false and will not happen, you cl- you take it, uh, and the winner will then get a beer. If it's cr- if you believe that the statement that one of us has made is true, and you believe that that's going to happen, uh, you don't have to take it. Uh, so, Clark, why don't we start it off with you? Give us your rundown of the hottest uh, and and calmest takes that you have that you're willing to put a beer on yeah so the the biggest condemnation for viking fans this week is that i just don't see how the eagles are going to actually win this game so it's probably going to be like 35 10 eagles so <laughs> um, yeah just just gonna happen my spicy take is uh either the vikings win by 10 plus or nick Foles continues his zero td passing effort for the playoffs because i like both of those because i actually said right. in, in my predictions what did i say i said vikings were going to win i think uh, it was 20 to 13 i, I just actually browsed it right before oh look at that a reader well i guess that's yeah. less than 10 points since i'm so bad at gambling i will go ahead and put both of them up because there's nothing like throwing good money after bad why don't you just put yeah let's make them the same thing i'll take that i'll take the beer on that i bet you that the vikings will not win by 10 points uh, and that Nick Foles will break his zero touchdown streak. Hmm. I like the I like the not by ten points just because it's the Vikings. I can't imagine it actually being a comfortable win. I mean, that's just a, to to go to the first Super Bowl of my lifetime for the Vikings. <laughs> I, I just can't imagine sitting there. And comfortably. I mean, I had I had visions of it last Sunday. Like well, maybe they're just going to kind of cruise to this, like the old. Uh, the 2009 divisional game against the Cowboys. And we're just going to absolutely stomp them. And of course that didn't happen. So I still don't think of in the Eagles defense is, I think they're too good to really run away with the game. So I'll stay the under 10, but man, I don't know if, uh, if it falls, maybe the, the Vikings have been pretty good at um, allowing, you know, really late garbage time touchdowns and games they already had in control. So I, I, I don't, you know, I, I, I'd, I'd say, he still doesn't get a touchdown. I see. I see a lot of field goals coming in. On myself, this is less of a, a just applicable to this game, and this is more of a future prediction. Which uh, this will be a very. I'll put a very good beer on this since it will take a full year for it to fully pay out. Um, it will keep record of it. But my future prediction is that Case Keenum is going to be not only the starting quarterback for the Vikings next year, but is basically going to be the franchise guy. I mean, that's a that's a pretty fair bet, especially right now. I mean, if the Vikings win the Super Bowl with Case Keenum, they could pay him $80 million in perpetuity. I don't care. That's that's, that's all I wanted to like title. But um, it's going to be that as, as soon as the Vikings season does end, it's going to be the literally 
multi-million dollar question, which is yeah. the three quarterbacks that go forward with. I, I mean, all three of them is absolutely off the table. They're going to have to, I could maybe see two of them, especially if they can do a decent, um, maybe if they franchise one and they do a decent uh, discount kind of deal with the other. Um, I wouldn't count out Teddy Bridgewater. If, if I had to bet right now, I'd, I'd almost, man, it's, it's really hard to tell just because now how far teams got them. But this is still, Teddy Bridgewater is still kind of the quote-unquote franchise quarterback that Rick Spielman drafted, that Mike Zimmer personally vouched for. It's it's going to be really tough to part ways unless Bridgewater in the offseason just decides he can he thinks he can go make a lot more money somewhere else. But I just don't think the market's going to be that huge mm-hmm. for him either, just because that it's such an unknown. I mean, he's played he played nine snaps at the end of the meaningless game so far this season since the end of the 2015 season. So it's going to be um I mean, I really, as a Vikings fan, as someone that has followed this team and had uh, countless discussions about what the future situation is, I still, I really, if you had to ask me right now, I'd maybe give Bridgewater a slight advantage, but I really wouldn't be surprised at any of the three. And especially, we haven't even talked really much about Bradford, who had this offense clicking pretty darn well that week one game before his, he got hurt too. So it's it's a great problem for Vikings fans to have, in my opinion. When you have three viable options at quarterback as long as they hold on to um one of them i think they'll be in good shape like we mentioned with cook coming back and with this defense most of their key players they have a couple people to they can keep this core together with a solid quarterback they could be dangerous for years to come yeah I, i think bridgewater would be willing and the vikings would be happy uh to work out a deal that's something like seven million a year for three years and I think that we're getting really excited about Case Keenum. I like Case Keenum, but if I had to to put something on this, I would say that Case Keenum is not the starting quarterback going into 2019. Uh, I agree with you that the market for Bridgewater is not going to be super hot. People are going to be scared about his knee, and and rightfully so. But I I do like Teddy Bridgewater. I was crushed to see him go right before the Texans picked uh, when he went. Uh, so if he comes back from this injury and is healthy at, during 2018 and sits behind a struggling Case Keenum, he's going to be the guy for 2019. Like you said, they spent the draft capital on him. They're going to have him at a decent deal. And it's one of those things where you can franchise uh, Case Keenum in case somehow the QB market heats up and like Arizona puts in a compelling bid. For Case Keenum, hey but, man, if Case Keenum brings the Vikings to the Super Bowl, I feel like he's going to have a pretty demanding market. There are plenty of quarterback needy teams out. I mean, Josh McCown was put together a decent season for the Jets. I feel like Case Keenum is vastly superior than Josh McCown, so it's not like I don't think he's not going to have a market out there for him. Well, one thing's for sure: Keenum is going to get a lot more than two million dollars that he's making this year. <laughs> yes, right. that there, there's a there's a very easy beer bet to make. Yeah, yeah, I think he gets to prove it. I mean. All bets are off if he wins the Super Bowl. I'm kind of counting on, like, there's four ways for this to not happen that he wins the Super Bowl. Uh, so we'll see. I'll take you on the bet. Do you have any more immediately payoffable bets? Because I'm, like, really in the hole here, Pete. Uh, no, I, I not for the not for the Vikings-Eagles game. Uh, Eric, do you have one quickly off the top of your head before we and maybe possibly can get Clark back onto the uh, winning category? Okay, well, I have what I have just off the top of my head. I think the Eagles rushing game is going to struggle, and I think they are going to have to put it on polls. I think uh, 
the blunt Ajayi. I think they average under three and a half yards of carry on Sunday. Ooh. I think, I think it's gonna, they're going to find a tough sledding. That Vikings defense, especially uh, between the tackles and on that right side, the Eagles have a very good offensive line. But I think um, if the Vikings do get out to a, a decent lead and jump out on them, it could be really tough for them to for the Eagles to get the run game going. So I will say, I like I like when actual averages here. That's that's, that's some real numbers. That's stuff we don't normally do. I yeah, like well, it. Well, because I would I was going to go with a total yardage thing, but I think the Eagles are going to run the ball a lot. So I I didn't want to you know put the cap at like 80 or 90 yards because they still might get their yardage, but I think it's going to take a lot it's of not gonna be successful to yardage. Yep. Uh yeah, I'll take you up on that. I'll take I'll right. take that. Clark, ah, this is your chance. Okay. Sure. I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> this way now even if if uh, if I lose, Clark still loses too. Oh. <laughs> oh I'm sorry. Uh excellent. Uh Quickly pick the game, uh, Eric. Who's winning? Well, um, I haven't finished the preview article. We'll probably be posting on either Thursday afternoon or Friday morning on Daily Norseman. But um, all signs are pointing me. I got it. I mean, after after the miracle in Minneapolis, how could I I go against? You can't pick against the team that seems destined. And I just think that the Vikings are a better team. I think um, a part of my preview is going to be the reason why both of these teams are here it's because they are both so deep top to bottom i mean these are two of the most complete rosters in the nfl i think it's going to be a battle um the old cliche points are at a premium is going to come into effect i think i, don't, I wouldn't expect either team to probably even get close to 30 points so i'll right now the score i've been tossing around in my head it's subject 17 13 vikings i'm with you eric a little bit more ambitious on the scores i think it's going to be 23 10 I think the Vikings are going to get a couple of touchdowns and just kind of slowly pull away, even though the Vikings history suggests that that's not going to happen. I I think we're going to have a a fairly comfortable victory in a game that looks a lot closer on Sunday than it does in the box score. Minnesota Vikings are going to the Super Bowl. And the great thing about the Vikings going to the Super Bowl is you're going to have Prince. All Super Bowl, little red Corvette, purple rain. You're gonna have uh, so many of the hits. I'm just really looking forward to it. All right, P. Yeah, yeah. If the Vikings win the Super Bowl, we'll not only have a, a podcast dedicated to celebrating, we'll also have a pot. Part of that celebration will just be binge listening to Prince. So, stay tuned for that, everybody. Let's go on to the Jaguars versus the Patriots. Obviously, as a Patriots fan, I'm very excited for this matchup. Uh, because while the Jaguars do have a phenomenal defense, and Clark and I have spent oodles of time on this podcast discussing how much we love this defense, this defense is not actually really equipped to beat the Patriots. The one thing that they do very well, or one thing that they do well that could bring down the Patriots, is they can get pr- uh, pressure up the middle. That's basically Brady's kryptonite. It prevents him from stepping up into the pocket. So if Malik Jackson and Clyus Campbell, when they bounce him inside, if those guys can really get a lot of pressure up the middle. This could be a long game for the Patriots offense. But other than that, I know the Jaguars have these two elite corners uh, who are great at shutting down teams receivers, but the Patriots receivers aren't your prototypical number one receivers in that they're big physical guys, or also just the Patriots don't use their receivers traditionally as number one, right? Their number one receiver is. Yeah. Gronk they don't. Their number running. one receiver is James White, Deion Lewis, or Rob Gronkowski based on how they want to play you. Exactly. And the, and the Jaguars struggled to cover tight ends this year. They're 20th uh, this season per DVOA. So 
I think this is going to be a huge Gronk game. Now, obviously, any team that comes in against the Patriots, you're going to be like, well, got to focus in on Gronk. But as we've seen against the Steelers, yeah, that can work for three and a half quarters. But then in the waning minutes of the fourth quarter, when you really need to get a stop, Gronk is just going to beat you because Gronk is a super freak and a, and a human cheat code. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely kind of seems to be the formula. I mean, but man, the Jaguars have been fun just for all the smack they keep talking. It's just, I mean, they, they just allowed 42 points to the Steelers. Just the fact that they're just, I mean, they're, you you would have thought they'd be in 45 to nothing. That was the greatest. Oh, it's fantastic. If it wasn't, if they didn't have to go through the Patriots, if by whatever Mariota magic, uh, the Titans had upset the Patriots, or if the Patriots had just, uh, some reason collapsed like a, like an imploding star and weren't in the playoffs, I would, I would be for the Jaguars going all the way because it's just such a beautiful story of, of a defense carrying. I mean, it's, it's the, uh, 2000 and what? Uh, 16, 15, 15 Broncos where they carried the corpse of Peyton Manning to a Super Bowl win. Yep. That's exactly what this is. Yeah, I mean, I think actually the you were talking about how Bortles would have to have a perfect game. I think he should – the, the Jaguars' ideal game is a game where Bortles is barely involved. I mean, they actually right. – they won several games that way this season where he – even that first Steelers game, the defense did all the work, and I think he completed, what, eight passes or something like that for 100, <laughs> under 100 yards. Same thing with the Bills game. The Bills are much less competition, obviously. But if the if – the Jag- this is another one. The Jaguars, I think their only hope is getting out to an early lead and then just grinding everything to a halt. Right. Because that's uh, – and they do have the defense to uh, – if, if I mean, if you have to blitz Brady to get pressure on him, that's just a death sentence. But if you can get – you can just rush forward and consistently get him off the spot – that's something that I think the Jaguars can do. And I think that's uh, a really tough, uh, that has been the one thing in this crazy Patriots run that has actually stopped Brady in, in his tracks a lot of times. So it's, but again, I, they have to execute everything just about perfectly. Because if, yeah. if it comes down to relying on Blake Bortles to, you know, drive him 80 yards a couple times, it's, it's, it's just not going to happen. Uh, Clark, let me bounce this quickly to you because we've spent many a time on this podcast discussing the marvelous wonder that is Jalen Ramsey and including a deep dive into uh, his beautiful hybrid between safety and corner. Do they move him on Gronk? Does that make sense? Is that is that an idea? Did I just strike gold? Did I just create a perfect game plan for the Jaguars? I mean, it could be. It would be pulling the Belichick on Belichick if you put Ramsey on Gronk and the move Boye to cooks and then just let the rest of the secondary and the safeties take care of everybody else. Uh, You mentioned the Jaguars don't have the personnel to match up. And I think because the secondary is so strong and because Boye is so strong as the second corner and because they have so much young speed at the linebacker position, I I think we might be surprised by what the Jaguars are going to do. Now, everything in me and conventional wisdom says, the Patriots are clearly better and the Jaguars are a fluke. And this is where we're clearly going to see that finally exposed. Uh, but since I hate the Jaguars so much, my beer bet <laughs> is that the Jaguars win this game. Woo! Uh, wow. Oh. Just because you want beers? I'm putting the hex out there. I'm going to win uh, either oh. way. Okay, sure. Yeah, I'm definitely taking you a beer on that. Hell no, the Jaguars aren't winning. It's happened before. Again, I'm 
behind. I need people to take my bets. <laughs> I've been wrong all year on the Jaguars. Why not? Let's Why not? Jags win. Let's, Jags win. Uh, that would be very upsetting. This would be a very, very sad podcast next week. If not only did the Patriots lose to the Jaguars, but also I had to give lost a, a beer bet lead to, to Clark because of it. That'd be upsetting. Well, the one thing that that pick actually has going for Clark is it would be the most Vikings thing ever to play the first Super Bowl at, at home. The first Super Bowl they've made in 40 plus years, play it at home and then lose it to Blake Bortles. <laughs> that would be, that would be so crushing. That would be awful. Yeah. Fate may be on my side. <laughs> um, both of my beer bets, actually, if you put Ramsey on Gronk, both my beer bets are exactly about that matchup. Uh, I have Gronk goes for over 150 and a touchdown, uh, but Jalen Ramsey gets a pick off of Brady. Those are two separate bets, so you can take whatever, whichever you feel fancy about. The, uh, just Ramsey, huh? I, th- I just think they'll probably avoid Ramsey altogether because I think they can afford to because we already touched on they're, they're not really wide receiver heavy. I think they're just going to get a lot of stuff underneath. Uh, James White, Deion Lewis. And is Burkhead going to be back for this game or not? I don't think so. He might be close. They might might pop him in last second, but I haven't seen anything to suggest that it's like a a definite he's uh, leading towards playing. Yeah, and I think they they can do enough, with, especially with Lewis, how he's come on at the end of the year. I think – and, yeah, like just with Gronk, I think they've been – pretty conservative with him down the stretch. They've just kind of, you haven't seen him really go over the middle. I mean, when he goes over the middle, like at the end of the Steelers game, he's like you said, he's a cheat code. You can't really stop yeah. him. I think they've been using him sparingly because basically I think their number one goal is just to get him healthy for when they need him. Right. They might actually come and need him in this game because that Jaguars defense can uh, do a lot of things. But yeah, I, I, what, 150 and a score? 150 and a score. For Gronk. I, I I agree with that one. Actually. Yeah, I you do. Big, I think I think he's going to be the biggest part of that. But I I say Jalen Ramsey doesn't get an interception. I could see Brady throwing a pick, but I just don't think he's going to throw in Ramsey's uh, direction very much. Good. Well, we'll have some disagreement on this one. I say that Gronk does not go over 150 in a touchdown. I think the Jaguars' linebackers are good enough. Uh, now, why I hate this is because you mentioned they haven't been using Gronk a lot. And I seem to think that the Patriots use people when they need to. And we're starting to see Deion Lewis get used more and more. I've long thought that he was the best running back in New England and that they were just saving him for the playoff run. And it looks like that's kind of it looks like that's exactly what happened. Even yep. though James White is becoming the next Mike Tolbert for the, for the playoffs <laughs> for the Patriots, they're starting to feed Deion Lewis. Uh, they've waited for everyone to get healthy going into the postseason, And now I think this is why you do that. This is why you keep Gronk healthy is so that you can use him in this game. But I think the Jaguars defense is so good that I think 150 and a touchdown is too much. I think Jalen Ramsey is so good that I just can't take you up on the Jalen Ramsey. Bet. Yeah, he's going to he's going to do some sort of freaky human body contortion like he did against the Bills where Brady thinks that there's a window and he just completely underestimates the length and speed that Jalen Ramsey has. And I agree with you, Eric, that like I don't think they're necessarily going to be targeting Ramsey, but I, I just something in my head seems like they're going to like 
draw up. Josh McDaniels is going to get cheeky at one point and be like, hey, you know what would be a great idea? Let's just let Brandon Cooks loose and just have him outrun everyone. And Brady's going to just blindly huck it up there. He's been underthrowing a lot of his deep balls recently, uh, and it's been forcing Cooks to kind of come back and make plays on it. And I, Jalen Ramsey is just too big and too fast uh, and is going to be all over it. I'm even calling my shot there. Oh, Boom! I cannot wait for these games this weekend. They're going to be so good. This is going to be a very – I mean, this playoff stretch has been pretty fantastic, I have to say. After all the shit that people gave uh, the wildcard weekend and we get a beautiful upset in the Titans against the Chiefs, um, I guess kind of after that, everything kind of was – Ran its course, but no, 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 it didn't. Know, the Saints Panthers game was awesome. And the Falcons, the Falcons, and the Falcons. Oh my god, I'm just forgetting everything. Wait, yeah. hold on. Who had the Jaguars over the Steelers? This playoff has been amazing, that, baby. Other than Pete, who had <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this has been an awesome. Oh, I was talking about the wild card specifically, and then I was going to move on to the divisional round. So, uh, Clark, you know, you're kind of jumping ahead of me, gun. and and that's that's pretty rude actually, if I was to be honest. And uh, as a member of this podcast, Clark, I really think that you should, uh, you know, work on work on your levels of respect. I'm sorry, Pete. <laughs> You're welcome. I appreciate your uh, your apology. Uh, excellent. Uh, Eric, do you have a final beer bet to throw in before we uh, wrap the pot up? I think Deion Lewis gets two touchdowns. I think oh. they're, they're going to use him in just about every way. Um. I'd almost say one of each, one receiving and one rushing, but that's a little too specific. Anyway. Oh, I call your shot. I, 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 if I had to say, pick how he got those two touchdowns, I would say one of each, but I'll just, I'll leave it as getting in the end zone twice. This is perfect because Clark can't make this beer bet because Clark loves Dion Lewis. I can't. I'm legally. He can't obliged. do it. He's contractually unable to make this beer bet, which means that. I will take you on this beer bet and continue adding to my lead if it doesn't happen. You're just kind of reverse jinxing the Patriots, too. I know, that's kind of true, but... Ramsey will get a pick. Yeah, I'm really not doing a whole lot here. Let's uh, quickly, before we wrap it up, pick the game. Eric, give us your uh, choice and score. Um, I think, uh, kind of like how you outlined, I think the Jaguars keep it close. I'll end up... I think the Patriots can kind of control it. I think they'll... Uh, confuse Bortles into a couple of mistakes. Um, I think the Jaguars will be able to move the ball a little bit on the ground, score some points, but just not keep up with the, the machine that is New England. So I'll say 27-17 pass. Perfect. Clark, pick and score. So I've already picked the Jags to win, so I've got to do <laughs> okay, yeah. I've got to go 17-13 Jags. Oh my god, that would be so heartbreaking. Uh, I have Patriots win 31, Jags 24, uh, and that's going to be 24 with a garbage time touchdown. So it's really going to be 31-17, and the Jaguars score late to make it look a little bit better than it actually was. Um, Excellent. Well, we hope everyone enjoys what's going to be an epic conclusion or an epic last step to the conclusion of the NFL playoffs. It's been surely exciting up until this point. Uh, make sure to follow us at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself on Twitter at Pete M. Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. And our guest, Eric Thompson. Follow him at Eric underscore J underscore Thompson. Uh, we make sure to subscribe to the podcast, go on iTunes, find us, rate us, review us, do all those nice things um, because it's a new year because the football season's almost over and you're like, hey, you know what? I just want to kind of give back to all of these great people in my life. And we are definitely one of those great people. Uh, Eric, thank you so much for coming on. It was a joy to have you. And I'm so glad 
that we were able to get you on to talk the Minnesota Miracle because that was one of the most beautiful things I've ever witnessed uh, after watching Brett Favre throw an interception in 2010 in the NFC Championship game. Uh, I needed to witness the Vikings doing something amazing, especially against the Saints. Uh, so that was beautiful to share. It was, it was beautiful to be on talking about it, and this is a lot of fun. It's, uh, it's an exciting time, and hopefully uh, we get to talk about the next Vikings game uh, two and a half weeks. Hopefully there will be a lot more to come. Uh, we are the podcast for the Porn Bots, and we will talk to you guys next week. Peace! I have a strict policy of only sending one wedding present. So if this doesn't work out, that's all you're getting. That's all I'm getting. I appreciate that. I hopefully this will be the only wedding present you'll ever need to send me. But oh yeah, no problem. I'm with you. I just like to lay the ground rules down. That's early. Great. I respect that. I respect that.